The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go! Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Friday, October 20th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome fan favorite adult star on the rise and the adult industry's favorite stepson, Parker Ambrose. Welcome to the show, Parker. I uh, think you're having me. <laughs> Favorite steps on. That's a new one. Listen, I think it's the truth. The way, I mean, the I amount of work that you're getting, especially in that genre, you clearly are, at the moment, the hotness in that genre. I mean, you're the hotness, period. I mean, the amount of work that you've been getting, major props to you. I have to give you, just straight out the gate, a, a big hat tip. And a big congratulations, because I know that recently you filmed your 100th filmed scene. So major props to you on that. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Like, you have been making some major moves in this industry, and and it's really impressive to see how the business has embraced you uh, in such a short amount of time. So, uh, you know, another hat tip to you for that. Thank you. Now, for uh, for sure, it's definitely something that I didn't expect. I didn't expect to like, I guess, blow up as fast as possible, or like do like work with some of the companies I've worked with, um, reach the numbers I have within my first year. Uh, it's definitely been an adventure and been a fun ride. Um, but I'm just getting started, so hopefully, I'll be here for a long period of time. Absolutely. Well, with the amount of work that you're doing, and with the consistency in the work that you're doing. You are going to do that, my friend. So, yeah, there there are big things on the horizon for Parker Ambrose, and this already has been a huge year for you. So, yeah, stay tuned, stay tuned. And I also want to say just personally, I want to thank you for uh, doing a short little interview with me at Exotica Miami. Uh, for the listeners out there that don't know, uh, we met at Exotica Miami this year just a couple of months ago, and we did a short little interview there. And uh, it actually did really well. The the listeners really connected with it. So thank you for that. You were fantastic to interview at Exotic in Miami. Thank you, thank you. To be honest, I didn't think you'd actually come back and find me. So I was uh, in public places. I get very bad anxiety. So I was like tossing on my dad pedal a little bit just to help calm my nerves. Um, so I was a little bit high for our interview. So I was like, oh, I hope I didn't say anything stupid. But no, it seemed to be good, and I'm happy everybody enjoyed it, and I'm happy I can give you a full interview now and be completely coherent for this. <laughs> I love the sound of that. Yes, I love it. All right, so let's dive deep into this interview, and typically I like to start these one-on-one interviews by getting some unique stats out the way. So what's your height and weight? Uh, I'm 5'11 slash 6 foot. I'm like between 5'11 and 6 foot, so I say 5'11 and a half. Uh, currently I'm 150. But I am trying to bulk back up to the way I was uh, back at the end of my military career, where I was a lot bigger. Because I like being skinny. I know it like, fits for the uh, stepson, stepbrother roles. But me personally, it doesn't make me fully happy. So I'd like to get a little more shredded, a little more muscle mass back on myself. So I'm currently 
in the gym every single day, trying to, well, every day I can, trying to bulk back up. What's your ethnic background? Um, I'm Hispanic and white. My grandparents, uh, my dad's side of the family comes from uh, Mexico. My mom's side of the family comes from Europe. So definitely a little mixture of both. Do you speak Spanish? I do not. I'm a very, very bad Hispanic. From I'm born and raised in Texas, grew up around Hispanics all my life, and just never learned Spanish. Apparently, according to my dad, it was one of those things where I told him, like, you tried to teach him like Spanish, looking like, no, only grandma could Spanish to us. So he just gave up. What's your zodiac sign? Uh, I am a cancer all the way through. My rising, my moon, my sun are all cancers. And how old are you? I'm 26. All right, let's get to know a little bit about the man behind the performer. You already sort of talked about where you're from. So I'm, I'm just going to ask, because I usually do, where are you originally from and what was life like growing up for a young Parker Ambrose? Uh, I'm originally from Texas. I'm originally from South Texas. Um, for my comfortability, I don't want to say the exact place, just to my, just to my family and all that. Absolutely. I know I respect um, that. But uh, growing up, it's fun. I mean, I come from a... Uh, upper middle class family so I definitely didn't struggle at all um, I'm very blessed with how I grew up uh, I come from a put together family my parents are still are still together to this day um, and so I'm very very blessed for that because not everybody in the modern era gets that pleasure so I definitely feel very honored to have that um, yeah I grew up playing sports uh, my first job ever with a lifeguard so I've definitely been, I've been working from a very young age. I never thought I would be in this kind of position that I am now. It was always a joke that I made during like school and all that. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna go be a porn star, fuck it. And now I'm here, so it's been an interesting come up, and interesting ride. Ain't that the damn truth, man? Yes. <laughs> We're gonna get into that ride in a moment, but before we do, I want to ask, what was going on with your life prior to entering the adult entertainment industry? Uh, so before the adult, uh, before the adult industry, I was actually in the Air Force for a couple of years. Um, I did three and a half years. I did get out due to mental health, uh, complications. It was my choice. Uh, mental, the mental health unit gave me an option of either reclassifying or, um, separating and I chose to separate. So I have an honorable, honorable discharge from them. I can still go back if I wanted to. Um, but I chose to separate just due to my, um, my mental health itself was not cooperating very well with the demand of the military. And so props to everybody that continues going and serving our country. It's not a easy ride. It's definitely something that, something that takes a toll on you. So I, again, want to give my tip hat to them. Keep going. And anybody that does sign that dotted line, I give my hat to them because it's not an easy job to do. But then after I separated from the military, I jokingly said to my partner, I'm like, would you like, what are we going to do now? I was like, fuck this before. We were doing only cancer already. Um, and she's like, all right, sounds good. And so we both got on sexyjobs.com and went from there. Really? It was just as simple as that. I, wow. Yeah. That's what's up. Well, also, I want to say thank you for your service to our country as well. Before I, I want to say that before I forget. Yeah. All good. I didn't do much. I just stood at a gate all day, so I, I don't really, I don't really uh, feel like I deserve it for your services, but I do appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, okay. So the idea came into your mind 
and you were like, Let, fuck it, let's just do it. So prior to that moment, I know that you kind of sort of said it, but I, I do want to ask, like, had porn ever crossed your mind? I know that you said that you said it jokingly, but, um, you know, was it something that sort of stuck in the back of your mind? Like, you know what, this is what I want to end up trying one day? Uh, not really. It honestly was like an entire joke the entire time I was in like high school and all that. I was, my friends were like, Oh, what are you going to do? I'm like, fuck it. When in doubt, I'll just fucking do porn. I'll playing dick for a living. I don't care. And it always is a joke that we always made, um, that I'd become like, cause I was, I was definitely the very like shy, nerdy kid that sat in the back of class, class clown type, wanted to make everybody laugh. Um, but wasn't pop, like knew tons of people, but wasn't very popular. Um, so they, they always thought it was funny that I, I would be the one that would go off and do porn, and then it's like, oh, shit, now I actually am here, and I'm, I am doing it. But it never it never was a set plan. It wasn't like, I'm going to turn 18, I'm going to go join the porn industry or whatever like that. I, ha- I, thought I, would, I thought I would actually make the military my entire life, life and existence. It's funny how you're saying you were a shy, nerdy kid, but, like, <laughs> the iteration of you that I know, you know, based off your scenes and that kind of thing, is of this, like shredded dude so it's funny the <laughs> dichotomy of like you that you were this you know shy nerdy kid growing up oh trust me i still am shy and nerdy if i'm not working i'm at home playing video games i'm a homebody through and through i don't like going out uh people give me anxiety so i just stay at home 90 percent of the time but uh yeah and i'm still very shy like uh i made the tweet i think there's a tweet i made a couple weeks back where i was like i have the confidence of a goldfish I can talk to porn stars, no problem, but when it comes to, like, civilian, normal girls, I cannot talk to them to save my life. Like, I get, I get intimidated. The way anxiety can be incredibly crippling for a person, I feel like a lot of people, unless you know somebody who has anxiety, they really have mm-hmm. no idea, you know, how much that can affect someone's life. Oh, yeah, no, it's... Um... Uh, to go off a different, like, kind of direction with the thing, but, like, no, mental health is definitely a very big thing I've stri- I want to strive in. Um, so, like, my, like, yes, I would love my career to blow up and be, like, the next Johnny Sins, next J-Mac, um, next Tommy Pistol, something like that, or Tommy Gunn, uh, one of those big names. But um, in all reality, I want to build my platform enough to where I can help people. Um, I... Next month is Movember, which is um, Men's Mental Health and Physical Health Awareness Month. And I very much believe in that kind of thing because men's mental health isn't talked about enough. Um, A lot more men are struggling with mental health um, than people realize because it's not a masculine thing to talk about our mental health. It's not a masculine thing to say, like, I'm depressed, I have anxiety, some of that. So it's a societal thing of where we push that down and guys just kind of, like, bury it deep down until it's too much. And so I very much want to assist with Movember and bring awareness to it because I struggle with it. I know a lot of other guys that struggle with it. And it's just a very hard thing to work through. So I hope more people can bring I hope to bring more awareness to it and like that. I, I love the sound of that, if I'm being fully honest, just because, I mean, you do have an incredible platform now and you can mm-hmm. bring awareness to it. You know, uh, as you said, for men, it's something that's very, you know, it's almost, you know, stigmatized. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 
you know, we don't seek out help. We don't go to exactly. a therapist and that sort of thing. It isn't seen as masculine. Also for communities yeah. of color. Like, I'm Latino myself. And I know oh, in black and brown communities, like, we are sort of taught not to go to therapy as well. Yeah. You know, there's always that stigma within our own communities about it. So, yeah, whatever you yeah, can like, do to, to bring awareness and, and to – because, I mean, it's true. Like, everybody should. If you need help, you should seek it. Like, no one should oh, yeah. be suffering in silence. No, exactly. And, like like I said, like, growing up Hispanic, like, um, my dad never understood it. Like, I would sit there and be like, Dad, I'm depressed. And, like, what do you have to be depressed about? You have everything you want. How are you depressed? I'm like, that's not how depression works. Depression is a chemical imbalance in the brain that causes the kind of thing. You don't. You can have like the best life off. You can have a million dollars in like a bank account every single second of the day, but if something's like they can, you can still have depression and anxiety. Just because you have everything doesn't mean that you are fully okay. And it takes a lot of courage to say like I'm not okay. And it's not that the guy, not the guys don't have that courage. It's that we see like if they say hey I'm not okay I need help. They aren't seen as men anymore. They aren't seen as masculine. They're seen, they're seen as feminine, and that they aren't as manly as they say they are. Like, I know there's some of the biggest dudes, like biggest bodybuilders out there that are. Like, you sit there and look at them. They're the manliest men possible. You think that, but they go to therapy every single day because they struggle with mental health. They struggle with um, body dysmorphia, depression, everything like that. And people don't understand that. And that's one of the things where I'm like, hey, like, just if you're feeling a certain way, like go out and talk to someone. We we shouldn't be losing people to mental health at the rate we are. I cannot agree more with with everything you just said. You, you put that beautifully. Um, I know we got a little deep very early into the interview, but I'm <laughs> incredibly appreciative yeah, to you. <laughs> yes, I'm very appreciative to you for opening up and for, for getting that out there just because, I mean, you know, you have no idea. Like, there could be somebody listening right here, and, and they take your words to heart. So if you could help just one person with what you just said, you know, that would be amazing. So um, exactly. I appreciate you and for I, that. And, I'm, and I'm, I want a preference, too, that I'm not – like, I have my own plans for what I'm going to do with the Movember um, Foundation and all that. Um, I, I want a preference that I'm not saying these things to bring, like, oh, look at me. I'm, like, donating to charity or that. Like, no, like, I want to actually – like, there's a reason why I'm not saying a dollar amount of how much I am donating next month, you know? There's a reason why I'm not saying, like, hey, like, come fucking visit my live stream and deal, give me all this money, and I'm going to then donate it that way. It's like, no, I want people to make their own decisions. I want to bring awareness to it. I'm going to obviously tweet out a link to it next month going, like, hey, like, this is what I'm supporting this month. This is what I support every single month. Um, but I'm not going to say a dollar amount because I don't believe in the clout of donating. You know, like I believe that if I'm going to donate to something that I truly believe in, it should be private. It should be just like, hey, this is my, I want to bring awareness to this, but you don't need to know how much I am donating. Because it's, that's like, it's a personal thing for me. It's not about the clout. It's about actually doing good and helping people. All right. Let's dive deep into uh, your move into the adult industry. So uh, you reference, pardon? Like back on track. Yes, let's go back on track. We will talk about some serious stuff later on as well. But uh, yeah. but shifting back into uh, your uh, career in the industry. So you referenced mm -hmm. you were in the military. You had an honorable mm -hmm. discharge. Then you were like, fuck it, let's do an only 
fans and was it was it as simple as that was starting an only fans as simple as you just described and i'm curious because there might be people listening they're like i want to start an only fans is it as simple as just you know filming yourself and uploading it like what went into the creation of your only fans so to be honest uh when we so my partner started her only fans first uh jade kimiko um I, my wife she uh she started her only fans first when i was in basic training I got a letter and said, because she used to do a lot of Twitch streaming and stuff like that, I got a letter and she's like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to start this OnlyFans and people are asking for it. Um, obviously, I'll only come with you whenever you're out of basic, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, oh, yeah, sure, sounds good. So we were doing her OnlyFans, like doing content for her OnlyFans the entire time through, I was, while well, I was in the military, um, up until the point where they're like, hey, like, if you have an OnlyFans, you need to let us know. And I was like, never mind. <laughs> I'm going to stop now. Um, just because I thought I was going to stick in the military. But, um, no, when I got out, it was one of those things where, like, we were, because, because we were doing hers, I was like, let's just go over to, like, Joe said, fuck, let's just do normal porn. And she agreed to it. And she's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. I was like, it, which took me back. Like, again, like I said, like, I was joking about it. It wasn't anything serious. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. So, like, I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, let's try it. So that's when we got on Sexy Jobs and all that. Me, personally, though, I am very bad at my fans. Ask anybody that subscribes my OnlyFans, I feel very, very sorry. Um, I need to take it more serious. I do need to start uploading more content. I do need to start replying to DMs. I don't have anybody running my OnlyFans, so I try to do good on it, but I very much want to put my time and energy into my professional scenes because I'd rather give you a great professional scene than a shitty professional scene and, like, six different videos of me on OnlyFans because I feel like the professional scenes are more important. That's interesting, and you know what? I respect that. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, I know people want to see you on your OnlyFans. You know, there is that interactivity that people have with the fans that OnlyFans has been able to bring, you know, in the modern sort of porn era. But I respect your hustle in regards to wanting to give your fans top-tier studio work. Yeah, because, like, um, like, I... At the end of the day, I'm very thankful for everybody that subscribes to my OnlyFans. I'm very thankful for every person that follows me on social media. I'm very thankful for all my fans in general. It's just like I can sit there and film like six videos of me popping for OnlyFans and then struggle on set or do one really amazing uh, scene and then just kind of like post photos every now and then on OnlyFans. And I'd rather do the one amazing scene and kind of like give every now and then back behind the scenes content to my, uh, on my only fans. But again, I do apologize to everybody that actually has subscribed to me that tries DMing me and stuff like that. I do look at DMs, but it's very hard to respond, especially when I have a hundred plus DMs. Um, just one person. All right. So how did you go from only fans to becoming, I mean, this rising star, in the adult industry like where where did that leap come from or how did it happen i should Uh, say so like i mentioned i was we said um me and my wife said fuck it let's do um let's try porn so we both got on sexyjobs.com which i still have an account there i get emails every now and then like going hey like you want to come shoot for us i'm like what the fuck i forgot i had this account still um but no i got um she immediately got picked up by a agency in LA. Obviously, she's a female, so it's a lot easier for her to get picked up by um, mainstream agencies. 
for me, it was a different kind of pathway um, because I lived in Texas at the time. I didn't live in Miami, L.A., or Vegas. It was none of the straight side in, uh, agencies want to pick me up because they're like, we're not going to fly you out. There's no point. We have male talents here. We don't even know if you're going to be good or not. So um, a company on the other side of the industry, uh, Corbin Fisher, they contacted me saying, hey, we want to fly you out. We want to um, film stuff with you. And I, I didn't realize it was a gay site at the first. Uh, I kind of did a little more deep dive. And I was like, I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'm straight. I don't really want to do gay porn. Uh, nothing against it, but it, it just wasn't for me. And then they're like, oh, don't worry. Like, we'll do a solo and we'll do a boy-girl scene. And I was like, okay, yes. I'm like, okay, I can, I can do that. I, that's fine with me. I'm, I'm down to go out, just do those two things. I need the money, so let's do it. So when I was out there, they asked me again, like, hey, like, would you be interested in doing a buy scene? We'll offer you this amount of money, and they showed me a number. Um, obviously, for legal purposes, I won't say the number. Um, but I was like, I, I don't know. And I talked to my wife about it, and she's like, babe, we're behind on rent. Like, we need the money. Like, just do it. And I was like, all right, fine. So I did the buy scene. It was great working with them. I still respect everybody that works uh, that's uh, with that company. They're they're great people. I uh, wish nothing but the best for them. But again, like I'm I'm straight, so it wasn't like anything I was like super excited about doing. Um, I then flew and met up with my wife in LA. Um, I got the opportunity to do a tryout scene for um, one of the directors out there. Unfortunately, I didn't realize I had COVID, um, and I didn't realize men. And the industry takes certain supplements to help them out during scenes. And so I just completely failed that scene. And now the guy was like, the guy turned and looked at me and was like, hey, like, don't worry. The industry is not meant for everybody. Like, you'll find what you need. You'll find uh, your own path in life, blah, blah, blah. Like, kind of saying, like, I couldn't do it, do porn. And I was like, okay, bet. I, I see that. Um, and I was like, it was like kind of those, like, hold my beer type moments for me. Like, all right, you want to you say I can't do this? I want to I prove you wrong. Um, and so then, unfortunately, the agency out in L.A. dropped my wife, which I think is a very, very bad decision on their part. Um, but at the end of the day, we're kind of thankful because they've been through a lot of shit. Uh, I won't say names because of, obviously, legal purposes and all that. I don't want to, like, blast them any more than they've already been blasted on social media. But then um, we got home to Texas, and... My wife was obviously distraught. They told her that she, she wasn't good for the industry, that she would never make it. And so she was crying all weekend. I was like, look, like you can either like take that um, and to go, we go find normal jobs again, or you take that and say, no, watch this. I'm going to fucking prove you wrong, like how I was with the uh, director that said I would never make it. And so then she got picked up by Hussey in um, Florida, which very thankful for Riley, very thankful for the opportunities he's given uh, both of us. Obviously, I never signed with them, um, but he gave me the opportunity to do a tryout scene for him. Um, I and once again, I failed it, and so he's like, "Hey, like, I can't pick you up. Uh, like, you weren't, you didn't perform good on set." Which I, I 100% agree with him. Like, I wasn't able to finish. I wasn't able to like stay hard the entire time. So like, it was very nerve wracking for me. And I was like, "Okay, like, that's, I'm like, this is twice I've like failed this thing. I'm not doing this again. I'm not failing again." Um. So I was like, again, there's another one. I was like, all right, hold my beer. Where I'm gonna prove everybody wrong. I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm gonna prove this person wrong. And I contacted 101. They said they didn't represent guys in Florida, but they had a guy that does, which would be Brian over at AMA. Um, he was in at that point in time. He didn't represent guys. He only had one other male talent on his roster. 
And so I was like, he was very hesitant about picking me up. So I did a tryout scene for him. I finally learned my body enough that I was able to do good. I, uh, he's like, hey, yeah, I think I'm going to represent you. It's going to be good. And as soon as he agreed to represent me, we went into that shutdown last year of um, the two-week hiatus. So I was like, fuck, like, am, I, am I ever going to work? Am I ever going to get stuff? So I was blowing his phone up. And he's like, dude, like, fucking calm down. Like, I'm going to get you work as soon as we're able to start working again. Don't worry about it. And I was like, I, so I feel really bad for him because I, I gave him, like, the hardest time. Because, like, again, military background, I like to know the ins and outs, like, where everything is going, like, what's going on now. It's so, like having that kind of, like, that two weeks of, like, nothingness. Of, like, I'm like, am I going to do porn? I'm like, I moved out to Florida, like, on a whim because he said that I needed to live out here. Like, come on, like, what's going on? And then he finally started giving me scenes, uh, and I started doing really good. And I was like, holy shit, this is actually going, like, I never thought I would actually be, like, being requested as much as I am. Um, so I'm very thankful for Ryan. I'm very thankful for, um, AMA modeling. Um, he started my career. I will ever be, I will forever be in debt to him because of that. Um, love him to death. He's a great, um, he was a great agent for, um, my time and for definitely for beginning in Florida. And so I'm very thankful for him. Um, I then did my first LA trip and I, I went over to East Coast Talent with John he started giving me a lot of work out in the West Coast, and I was like, I want to build my name. Like, as much as Florida is doing good for me, as much as Florida is helping me out, I think the West Coast is where I need to be. So I moved out to the West Coast um, on a whim once again. Everything's just always like, we'll have a last minute, like, fuck it, let's do it, kind of like, see where the universe takes us. And since I got to um, the West Coast, I've been doing, been working for companies I never thought I would work for, um, doing things I never thought I would. Um, working for companies I never thought I would work for, working uh, with talent I never thought I would work with. So it's been an amazing ride, and I'm very excited to see where the rest of it goes. All right, man. That was a lot. So I have, like, so many <laughs> follow-up questions for you about that. First of all, the fact that you were given, like, a womp-womp from that guy, he was like, uh, you know... This isn't for everybody. That was like that's hilarious to me now because of how much you've blown up. You know what I'm saying? Like the amount of work and as you said, the the quality of the studios that you work with. Like it it's it's insane that those first two scenes are like on the mainstream side with the studios and that sort of thing, um, didn't uh well they fizzled a little bit. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, which at the end of the day, I don't fault them whatsoever. Like, they had every right to tell me, like, hey, like, I don't think you're good. Because, like, I, I failed those things. I'll be honest. I failed mm-hmm. them. They, they, I didn't do good. I didn't do what a male talent should be doing or, like, performing how a male talent should perform. So, like, they, I give them no fault whatsoever. Like, I have no, like, negative animosity towards uh, those two individuals uh, whatsoever. I just use their comments as motivation to help me move forward because I was like, okay, I want to prove you all wrong. Like, it's not, like, a cockiness thing. It's not, like, an arrogance thing. It's, like... It helped me go, like, negative, negativity helps motivate me into, like, into going and doing something. So, like, having those negative comments, like, going, hey, like, it might not be for you. I'm like, no, I think it can be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this shit out. I'm going to figure my body out. I'm going to figure out what I need to do. And since then, I, I have. So, like, without those two, like, negative comments, without, like, if I, if, I, if I were to be picked up after that first initial scene, I don't think I'd be where I am today. But because of those two initial interactions, I'm like, hey, like, maybe this isn't for you. The universe put me on a path that I should be on, and I'm I'm where I would be now. I wouldn't be where I am now without us, 
without those. So I'm very thankful for them still. Um, even though they were kind of like negative comments, without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. So like, I'm thankful for them. They gave me the motivation. and yeah. Absolutely. All right. You basically answered everything that I was going to ask you about, about uh, the couple of scenes that you did with Corbin Fisher. But there is one mm-hmm. question. I feel like I know the answer to it based off of how you said it, but... You know, I I can hear the fans saying, why didn't you ask this? So I'm just going to ask it. <laughs> Would you ever, like now, in, in you know, the, the big name that you have in the industry and that sort of thing, working with the major studios, would you ever do a buy scene now? Or is that something that was, you know, as you said, you know, you needed the money, that's why you did it, and that mm. was it? Yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm sorry to disappoint. I won't be crossing back over. Uh, um to that side of the industry. I'm happy with being on the straight side. I am straight myself, so it's not something that I, like, would enjoy going back to. Not anything against them, not anything against that side of the industry whatsoever. And I know a lot of my fans are gay, which I very much am appreciative of them. Uh, but no, I, I unfortunately won't be going back to that side at any point in time, at least not in my perceivable future. Um, granted, I never know where the, my life's going to lead me, but at this point in time, no, I don't plan on ever going back to that side of the industry. In total, how long have you been in the industry? So fun fact, my, uh, so going, so different, different uh, talent base their time off of different things. They either go off their first time they ever shot, the first time they ever had a scene release, or for me, I go off when I made my Twitter. <laughs> So my Twitter was, uh, my Parker Ambrose Twitter was made on October 31st, 2022. So I'm going based off that. So I'm about to hit my one-year mark in a couple of days. That is amazing, man. Congratulations. That is, that's crazy. Awesome, man. Wow, what a whirlwind of a year. It's funny, too, because I didn't realize I made my Twitter on October 31st. Like, on Halloween, which is funny because, like, Halloween's my favorite holiday. I love um, the occult. Like, I'm not I'm not anything, like, dark or demonic or anything like that. I love learning about that kind of stuff. I love Halloween. I love the spookiness of the season and all of that. Uh, I love horror movies. So, like, to have my anniversary also on Halloween, I was like, that's – I didn't plan on it, but that's cool. I'm happy with it. Yes, very nice. Now let's talk about your name, Parker Ambrose. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you come up with your performer name? I always feel like you know performers have to pick you know the right name that they can associate with. And I will say this: I think it's a good name. So I'm curious how you came up with it. Thank you, thank you. Um, so fun fact: the name is a collaboration between me and Brian over at AMA. He came up with Parker. Uh, he was very adamant about wanting me to be named Parker. Um, I then quickly realized it's because he has uh, Peter Fitzwell on his roster, which I love Peter to death. He's a great guy. Uh, yeah, I definitely called I called him my dad in the industry several times because he helped lead me in the industry at the very beginning as well. Uh, so shout out to him. Uh, but if you look at it, if you look at his roster when I was I'm not sure if I'm still on the website or not. Hope I am. Uh, but if you look at it, it's uh, Peter Fitzwell and then Parker Ambrose. So he has Peter and then Parker. And I was like, oh, and then like, I didn't get the, I, I got the connection originally, but I was like, oh, maybe it's just like a fluke. And then he was like, oh, look at this Spider-Man magazine, uh, the comic book I bought the other day. And I was like, so you do like Spider-Man? He's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense now. So it is, it is a reference to um, Spider-Man, our names, uh, at least my name being Parker, because he has Peter Fitzwell as well. Um, Ambrose, though, Ambrose I chose from, there's a Netflix show called The Cursed Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, it's like yes. a darker, more, it's a more it's darker, more scary version of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. 
and her cousin isn't named Ambrose in it. And so for whatever reason, I was like, I like that name. I really want that to be my name. I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be my first name, granted, but Brian was very adamant about having Parker, and I was like, all right, I'll do Parker if you let me do Ambrose as last. He was like, sounds good, and so we stuck with that. And then since then, it's been my name, and I actually respond to it more than I do my legal name now. That's funny. It's a good choice, though. It it really is. It's a good name. It's a nice, strong name. No, I'm I'm very happy with the name. Um, I love I love the name to death. Uh, I don't think I could see myself as any other name at any point in time anymore. So, having Parker Ambrose as my name has been interesting, especially because like I'll hear people say Parker, even though like, they're not referring to me whatsoever. Like I was walking, like someone will actually have like the legal name Parker. And I'll turn and look at them and be like, oh, you are not talking to me whatsoever. And so it's funny how like I've just gotten so used to that name. Whenever I interview a performer for the first time, I always like to ask them about their first time on set and what that experience was like. I know that you went into it a little bit, and it wasn't the best experience. But I want to get in your mind, you know, why do you think it went wrong? You know, the very first time that you did studio work. And, and then if you want to go into the very first time that you had a good scene, we can go into that as well. Uh, yeah, so for the very first scene, I, I did that tryout scene in L.A. Uh, like I mentioned, I had COVID. I had no idea I had COVID. I had both the vaccinations, so I, it, I just, like, felt – I didn't feel like I had COVID. It, I didn't lose my sense of smell. I didn't lose my sense of taste whatsoever. I just felt, like, under the weather, kind of like, oh, I had the flu or something like that. Um, I also didn't realize that a lot of men, like, in the industry take Viagra and some of that, which is not, it shouldn't be, like, a – industry secret whatsoever yes we like it, it's very difficult having sex in front of people um granted especially when you have tons of lights and cameras pointed at you so sometimes like, we need that extra boost um so i had no idea about that so i was going into it completely raw i was sick with covid and i just couldn't stay hard to save my life and i was like this is well this is horrible like i'm so embarrassed blah 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 like, I should be able to, like, and the, the problem was like it was a scene with my wife too like I was like I should be able to have sex with my wife no problem but it was just the anxiety of having someone else in the room pointing a camera at you with lights it was like oh this is nerve wracking so 100% I failed that scene um, but then my first time on a set where I did really good it was after I learned my body I learned how much like I learned that talent take Viagra's or supplements to uh, keep, help them get hard and stay hard so I, I learned a lot about the industry from like talking to different talents and all that and a lot of the a lot of talents that I interacted with at the very uh beginning of my career were very nice they're very um helpful and so that um they gave me a lot of tips and like hey like try this do this you'll do great if you try this as well and so without them I wouldn't be able to I would have had the experience I had but I, I got on the set I was nervous as hell um I forget who my first scene was with. I think it was a sister swap. It was my first scene ever. It was a team with sister swap with Gia, Omai, oh and I forget, I forget the other girl's name. I have her face. In my, I'm, I'm very good with faces. I'm bad with names. Um, but it was an interesting situation of like, okay, it's not a boy-girl scene. It's a boy-boy-girl-girl scene. So I have to be able to, like, one, get hard, stay hard in front of another guy as well, plus a full crew, plus the two female talents. And I was like, I was anxiety ridden was crazy and I was like but as in like once we got through all the like the legal stuff and we we're like just talking hanging out like I got a lot more comfortable with everybody and I was like okay like I can do this I got this um my anxiety started like wearing away and like so when we got around to the actual sex part of the scene I 
was able to perform, and the director said she liked me a lot, and so she kept booking me, and everything went from there. And then it spiraled into the career that you have <laughs> now. Yes. All right, man. What do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes? Uh, this is a funny thing. Um, I come from a film background. Back when I was in high school, I studied film and photography. So I love the creativity of it. I love the um, the acting part mostly. Like, yeah, the sex is cool. The sex is part of it, but it's not sex that you would think we're having. Like, we aren't. Be honest. Ninety percent of the positions they put us in are very uncomfortable positions because we're not having sex for ourselves. We're having sex for the camera. So if it looks good for the camera, it does not feel good for us most of the time. Uh, so it's definitely more like the acting, more the creative part of it, of like um, being a different character. Yes, all my characters are named Parker Ambrose, but each time I'm on, a, I'm on a different set and a different scene, that character morphs and changes to be a different person. And that's more fun. That's the fun part to me of like getting to play these different roles, getting to play like the shy perverted kid or the fucking chronic masturbator, which I used to be a lot when I first started my career, or the... Um, was it like the newest scene that came out for Mom's Swap? Uh, the Jewish stepson, which I never thought I'd play. Um, so it, it's just been an interesting ride of like getting to play all these different characters, getting to read all these different scripts, and seeing what I can do to like bring those characters to life and figure out the proper way to portray each version of Parker Ambrose. When you're on set, when you're on set for a porn scene, when you're at a porn shoot, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most? Um, oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, turn ons, I guess, would be just having, like, so I'm very much of, like, a very, like, if I can connect with the person, it'll be easy to work with them. Like, it's not, like, I wouldn't say I get on the set and I'm like, oh, I'm fucking horny as shit, I want to fuck everything, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's, it's, I know I have a job to do, I know I need to be hard, I know I have sex and all that stuff, so, like, um, when a female talent is very, like, warm and welcoming, you know, like, hey, like, it's great, it's going to be great to work with you, blah, blah, and we have a good connection, that helps me a lot. Um, when a female talent is very standoffish, and, like, or, like, a male, like, even if there's another male talent, if there's another male talent on set, too, and they're very standoffish, or, like, kind of like I'm bigger and better than you type deal, male or female talent, it's kind of like a, all right, this is not going to be a good scene then. We're, like, we're going to have like issues. And that's when the days get more difficult is when there's like that negative, like we can't like connect on a set. Because like, 90% of the time we don't know who, like we've never met the person we're working with. Like we're showing up to set and it's like, hey, you two, you're going to have sex today. It's like, cool, let's build some kind of chemistry. If the co-talent wants to build a chemi build chemistry, then this seems going to go great. If they don't, then it's going to be a lot. Of, it's going to be a difficult day, to, especially to stay hard, especially when you don't have that kind of chemistry. What I want to do now is uh, basically break a porn scene down with you mm -hmm. in a scene. Which do you enjoy the most, oral, vag, or anal? Uh, vag. 100%. I, to be honest, uh, here's a little secret about me. I don't care for blowjobs whatsoever. It's never, in my personal life, on scene, it's never been my go-to thing. I've never been like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to get head. I've been like, meh, cool, blowjob, whatever. Um, granted, I know for scenes, it happens every single time. So if you know, if you were to ever look at my face during a blowjob scene, especially at the beginning of my career, some, most of the time my face is kind of just like flat. I was like, meh, kind of deal with it. Cause like, it doesn't do it for me. Um, so vaginal sex is definitely what I enjoy the most on a set. 
in a scene when it comes to being rimmed? Do you enjoy being rimmed? That's actually a funny thing. I didn't think I would be. Um, and then I did the uh, a see him fuck scene where it, uh, where that's part of the, the scene. And I learned I don't mind it. I definitely enjoy my taint played with more than I do my um, being rimmed. But I definitely don't mind it happening. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position to perform for the camera? And is it your same favorite position off camera? Oh, 100% doggy. And yes, I love doggy. Um, my dick curves down slightly, so I feel like doggy is the best position for both me and my partner because my dick will rub against the G-spot. And then also I love, I love ass. I'm an ass guy, so I love being able to look at ass the entire time. It's great. And, of course, we know how a scene ends with the pop shots, the cum shots, yeah. the money shots. In a scene, where's <laughs> your favorite place to shoot your load? Um, I don't actually have a preference anymore. I think I've hit every single one of them. I, guess I would say at the beginning of my career, I was like, I want to be the porn star that covers girls' face and cum. Now I'm kind of like, a, where are we doing it? All right, cool. Sounds good to me. Like, I'm, I'm cool with any, position, any spot that the director or the female talent wants me to pop in. So I don't really have a preference anymore. How would you describe your fuck style? How would you describe your style of fucking? Um, let's see. I would say I'm definitely a lot more of a rougher person. I wouldn't say I'm full on, like, BDSM smacking and, like, spitting on people. Like, I don't care for that as much. But I would say I'm definitely more of a rough kind of sex person, sex kind of guy. As a performer, in your opinion... What goes into the creation of the perfect or, you know, a really good POV scene? Ooh, um, huh. what goes into, hmm, that's actually a good question. I don't know, I feel like if, so the fun fact with the POV scenes is, like, the camera operator is usually, like, standing right, is, like, standing right behind the male talent, and the male talent's bent over quite a bit to open up the view and not have their head and face, like, in the, in the way of the shot. So it's being able to, like, continue, like, being bent in the back in, like, an unnatural position and still being able to perform and making it look like it's a, just a normal, like, stroke or a normal, like, normal sex. Uh, so if you're able to do that, then that makes it look really good. If it, if it looks like you're, like, struggling to, like, keep pumping, then it's like, okay, this is, like, a bit much. I have been in positions where I'm like, my spine's pretty much twisted all the way around for a POV shot. And I'm like, I can't perform like this. Like, this is hard. And you can, and it does translate to camera. So like, if you're in a good, if you're in a good, unnatural position for where camera looks good, but you can still continue pumping at a good rate and like, keep it in the same, like, same tempo, then it's going to turn out great. You mentioned something that I always like to ask performers about, because I feel like, for like the average porn viewer you know when they're watching porn they aren't necessarily thinking of oh you know this performer is performing in a certain way for the camera you know they mm -hmm. don't see it that way but yeah. at the end of the day when you are a performer you know especially when you're the man in the scene like you have to open up for the camera like you have oh, yeah. to have sex and get into you know, these positions to make sure that we, as the viewers, as the consumer, are able to see what we want to see. Like, we want to see the penetration. We want to see this, that, or the other. Yeah. And so you have to, at times, you know, 
have sex in positions that look normal, but they are not shot normally because you have to open up for the camera. So as someone who has been pretty much an in-demand dude in this industry for this past almost year, I want to get your take on what that is like. You know, you are so used to having sex one way in your personal life. And then you kind of have to not necessarily fully relearn sex for the camera, but you do have to adapt. And I'm wondering yeah. for you, was it difficult to adapt in the beginning? Uh, I would definitely say it, was, it wasn't difficult, but it was definitely a learning curve. Um, like you said, like you have to keep open. You have to like stretch and kind of like contort yourself in certain positions sometimes. Um, because if it feels if it feels awkward for us, it looks amazing for camera. And that's, again, like I mentioned, and like you mentioned, we're not having sex for ourselves. We're having sex for the camera. We're having sex for the viewer so the viewer can enjoy it. And if it feels good for us and it looks good and it like, feels natural to us, then it's not going to look good for the viewer whatsoever. So learning how to contort myself and kind of how to like, keep open and like knowing kind of like where the camera is but like not directly like making reference to the camera was definitely a learning curve because I would at the beginning of my career I had a, I had the problem of like continuously looking over at the director and looking where the camera was at and trying to like trying to force myself to be open. It took a lot of like the, the it took a lot of different directors going like stop trying to open up to the camera like as much and, like keep open we will position the camera where it needs to be. So just have an open like have a generic open position like your legs straight out or like behind you or like bent backwards something like that and we'll position the camera where it needs to be. So it was definitely a learning curve, and it definitely took me by surprise of how much of a contortionist I would definitely become. You mentioned your scene work with See Him Fuck, and, and I want to ask you about it, because I feel like for most performers, like See Him Fuck is a very different type of production. You know, it is a production where the female performer caters to the male performer. You know, it really is all about showcasing the male performer versus, you know, what every other porn scene is, which is always about showcasing the female performer. So I just want to get your take on what that experience was like for you. And was it uh, was it interesting to sort of be catered to by your scene partner versus you catering to your scene partner? Yeah, no, uh. It was definitely very interesting. Um, I, I like when I was told I was going to do the CM Fox scene. I like obviously I did my research and kind of looked at it a little bit. I was like, I wonder what this is actually about. And I thought I was like, oh, this is going to actually be very interesting. I've never done half the things. I've never had a girl lick my armpit. Never had a girl lick my toes. Never been rimmed before. And I was like, this will be very interesting. Um, so con- uh, compared to like a normal set, it, it is very very different. Like you said, like it's it's male based. It's it's straight porn for the gay man. Um, which I think is a great concept. I think it's a very interesting concept because a lot of the performers that are on there are straight performers. So, like, to have it kind of, like, catered more towards a gay, a gay audience and all that is definitely like, a, something that most companies aren't doing, you know? So I think it's very inclusive. It's a very um, great concept and all that. Um, but, yeah, no, it, I would say, like, compared to other scenes, it wasn't my 100% favorite. Would I go back and do it again if I had the right partner? Sure. Um, but it's not it's not a site I'm dying to get back onto just because of what it entails for the male performer. Because the male performer, like, even though it is more male-based, we are still put in very, very precarious uh, positions. And I have certain, like, both my knees are fucked up because of um, 
the military and playing football when I was younger and so that. So, like, some of the positions I can't get into very easily, and they hurt me a lot. So, like, I can't perform my best when I'm in a lot of pain, you know? So it's not something that I'm, like, dying to get back into, but if I had the right partner, I wouldn't be opposed to doing one of those scenes again. And another scene, well, I should say another group of scenes that I want to chat with you about is Brazzers. Because, I mean, you've worked mm-hmm. with a lot of really great companies, but I feel like Brazzers, much like almost like Bang Bros, like if you, you know, I, I don't think you've done the Bang Bus, have you? I have not, and I've told them I will not do it. Oh, okay. Um, just because, just because it's, a, it's different than my normal shooting style. Uh, the way I perform, the way I shoot in a situation like the Bang Bus, um, I would overheat, and I wouldn't be able to perform my best. And so I don't want to do a scene for the money and then give a bad quality product. No, you're right about that. Um, and plus your knees. So, I, yeah. So I, I, I've told them like as much as I would love to do it, I will not do it because of um, just it's a, it's different than my normal shooting style. Okay. So I don't want to give a bad product. You know what? I feel you on that, and I respect you so much for that honesty. Like that. Yes, it shows that you really are taking the industry seriously, and that you are trying to be a professional. So, props yeah. to you on that, man. Like that is really impressive. But um, Thank you. so. You're welcome. So as I'm saying, um, as I was saying, I should say, uh, I feel like Brazzers is in its own stratosphere. I mean, there are certain companies out there that are kind of like in their own stratosphere. So what was it like the first time that you worked for Brazzers or that you knew that you booked a Brazzers shoot? Uh, the first, well, so Brazzers is one of those names that everybody knows. Uh, it's, like, it's like the Bang Bus. Like everybody knows the Bang Bus. Everybody knows who Brazzers is. Um, doesn't matter if you're a, a porn addict or the person that watches porn occasionally. You you know browsers, you've seen their banners, you've seen all that stuff. So when I when I was told I was doing an ad scene for them, I was very excited. I was like, this is gonna be great. I can't wait. Um, I, I was I thought I was like I was like this. I never thought I would be in an ad scene for browsers, especially within the short amount of time I was in the industry at that point in time. Uh, so, yeah, it's a very much an honor to work with them. I love working with them. I will hope to work with them more in the future. Um, obviously, me switching out to the West Coast, I have now have to like, be like, hey, I'm out here. Hire me. Brazzers, if you're listening, hire me, please. Um, but, no, I love working with them. It's a very – they're a very prestigious brand. Um, but, I, like I said, like, I love working for all the companies I've worked with. Um, you know, it's like I've, 90% of my team, my scheme, my scenes are team skeet. I have a lot of new wild scenes out there. I love working with everybody from those companies. Um, I've enjoyed my time with, with Brazzers. I hope to film with them a lot more, and no, they're great people. I'll just add a little extra oomph to it as well. Brazzers, if you're <laughs> listening, bring Parker Ambrose back. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, come on. The last thing I did for Brazzers, I got punched in the face. Well, there you I go. Even, I, wasn't, I wasn't even part of the sex. I just got punched in the face by Joey. Shout out to G.I. Joey. I love that, man. He's a great guy. Now it's time for the big question, a question that I'm sure a lot of your hardcore fans and supporters might be curious to know. How much is Parker Ambrose packing? Uh, okay, so lengthwise, I'm about an eight and a half, uh, last time I measured, I think. Uh, and I've never actually measured my girth, but I'm assuming I'm around an inch, inch and a half. But other than that, I, I don't really measure that often, to be honest. I was like, I will sit there on a set and be like, a girl, a female talent will tell me, I'm like, oh, you're like, you have a really big dick. And I'm like, thanks. Because I, like, people don't understand, like, I've grown up with my dick. So I just think my dick's normal sized. I don't think it's big. I don't think it's, like, massive. I think it's, in my personal opinion, it's still average to smaller size. 
We talked about the cum shot earlier, so I want to ask you, do you do anything in particular when you know that you have a scene coming up, when you know that you have a shoot coming up, do you do anything specifically to make sure that, for lack of a better word, the pop shot pops for the camera? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, depending on my work week, if it's the first scene of the week, I will make sure not to jerk off or comment any kind of, or do content and her that the day before just so I can have that kind of build up. Um, and then I'm just drinking tons of water, Gatorades. Uh, I love Prime. Uh, Prime sponsor me. Um, but no, I, I drink a lot of um, electrolytes and a lot of water to make sure that I'm not like. Because we don't understand, like if you're not if you're dehydrating anyway, the cum is like kind of like paste. It's not like it doesn't look like an actual cum shot. But if you're hydrated, it's like more runny. It's more like liquidy, and it looks better. Um, so I, I'm making sure I'm hydrated, and then I'm making sure I'm not jerk off the night before. If I if I do have a scene, if I do have a scene before though, it's kind of like just drinking as much water as possible to make sure I'm hydrated. This is a question that I'm just curious to ask. It sort of popped into my head. You know, you are still so fresh in the industry, but your, like, fan base really has grown, and the amount of work, and as I said earlier, the consistency of your work is really, you know, leading to you creating this really good name for yourself. So if you had this opportunity, I'm curious if you would take advantage of it. Have you ever thought about at least the idea of an official Parker Ambrose dildo out there, an official sex replica out there of you? Yes, that is something me and my agent have talked about. Um, I would love to get a replica made of me, um, mostly uh, definitely because like I, I do have a lot of um, gay fans that I know would love to have me on their shelf type deal type uh, kind of thing. Uh, I would love to make a model of my uh, like a dildo of myself. Um, I cannot confirm that it's anywhere in the future. Like, it's not going to happen anytime soon, but hopefully in the next coming year I will have a mold made and that product will be out on the shelves. There you go. Instead of an elf on a shelf, you can have a Parker on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you I go. Do, I, do, I do plan on, like, when one of those, one of those do come out, I want to kind of do – I don't know why. I just thought it would be fun. I, I feel it would be fun to do, like, a little tour to, like, different sex shops, like, around, like um, – California, like in LA, Vegas, and Miami, and like sign like a, a random box in one of those shelves like, of like my my toy. Obviously, with permission of the company, permission of the store itself, uh, just so that way, like if you go to one of those stores, you can possibly get one that's actually fully, legitimately autographed by me, and not just like a printed autograph. Because I think that'd be kind of cool. But again, I have to I'd have to get permission from different kind of entities for that to happen, and I also have to get a mold made first. Exactly, but that's genius. I like that idea. Yeah. It's a nice little surprise for the fans. Exactly. Like, imagine walking into a store and like, all of a sudden, like, you see like a message on one of the boxes and like, "Thank you for buying." Like, I love you so much. And then my autograph. Like, that'd be it's, it'd be different. Very true. Yes. So, over the course of this past year that you've been in the industry, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Now, I'm not necessarily looking for some sort of ranked style list, you know, a top three or something like that. Just names that kind of pop into your mind right now is like, you know what? That was a dope ass scene. <laughs> uh, for sure. I mean, I can definitely tell you um, the, the people that have made the most impact on my life that I've worked with, uh, Yelena Marie, she's amazing. Uh, she's definitely one of my, be like one of my best friends. She definitely uh, keeps me very humble too. So I love working with her. I love having her as my friend and be able to call her my friend. Uh, Kelsey Kane, she's another great performer. Um, we met on a mofo scene, and we became friends quickly. Um, so having her in my life as well has been a great blessing. 
Uh, Lulu Chu, she's amazing. She's an amazing person to work with. She makes everything so easy. She's a veteran in the industry, so she just knows how to do things. And she, I, having her on set, she kind of sits there like, hey, go over there, go over there, do this. And she makes everything easier for me. So love working with her. love having her as a friend as well. Um, so the male talents, I love working with uh, James Angel. He's James Angel, G.I. Joey, and um, one day I'll uh, – fucking Jimmy Michaels. God, I'm so sorry, Jimmy. I forgot your name for a second. Uh, those three guys, they definitely helped me out a lot. Um, James and um, Joey definitely took me under their wing when I first came into the industry, along with Peter Fitzwell, another great guy. He, uh, They all took me under their wing, kind of helped me, like, learn the ropes, learn everything um, I needed to do, like how to prepare for a scene, how to, like, take care of my body after a scene, so like that. Uh, and then Jimmy Michaels, if you notice, a lot of my team seat scenes, Jimmy's right next to me the entire time, so it's always fun working with him. Every time I see I'm doing a team scene, uh, team skeet scene uh, for like any kind of like swaps. I'm like, yep, it's gonna be J- it's gonna be J- uh, fucking Jimmy. It's gonna be Jimmy. I know it. And then I see his name on the call sheet. I'm like, it's gonna be funny. It's gonna be a funny day because we just like fucking goof around all the, the entire time and have fun. So I love all the uh, love all those performers. I mean, I haven't had a performer I've worked with that I've never that hasn't had a good impact on my life or hasn't uh, had any kind of negativity on set or that. So I've loved every person I've worked with. I'm very thankful for every person I've worked with. Um, but yeah, those uh, individuals themselves have made a great impact in my life. And obviously, my wife, Jade Kimiko, she's been my rock. She's been uh, very supportive. We're very competitive, too. So like when I get a certain scene, she's like, what the fuck? I want that scene. Um, but no, she's a great person. And the fact that she's also in the industry and understands everything, she's amazing. And I'm very thankful for her as well. As a quick side question, I am curious to ask mm-hmm. this. Whenever you do get paired up with her, is it almost by accident, or do they do that on purpose? Well, so we have to agree to um, the shoots in the uh, first place. So, like, it's never like we're surprised that we're going to work together. It's like, hey, like, do you want to? Are you okay with working with your with Jade today? Are you okay with working with Parker today? And we either say yes or no. It depends on how we're feeling or whatever like that. Majority um, of the time, we're saying yes because obviously, why wouldn't we? Um, but no, it's never anything awkward. I I feel bad sometimes because I do like for my process of working, I have to go into every single kind of scene kind of the exact same. So even though it is with her, I kind of, I go into the same the scene as if it was with some other talent, like a different talent I had just meeting that day or anything like that. So, but working with her is always easy because like we know each other, we know each other's bodies, we know each other like how what we can and can't do. Um, so it's like the scenes kind of fly by faster because we don't have to have those like off-camera conversations of like what's okay, what's not okay. We just already know. So it makes things a lot easier. All right, back on track. Let's work on the power of manifestation. Who have you not worked with yet that you would love to do a scene with? Who is on Parker Ambrose's wish list? <laughs> uh, funny thing, I've already hit my wish list, really. Um, when I first joined the I – would, I was – uh, when I first met her, I was like, I really want to work with Yelena. Yelena, she's such a sweet soul. She's so nice. She's so humble. I was like, I want to work with her because I feel like she would make everything easy. And she did. And so I, I was like, I was very happy when I got to see uh, that I was working with her. I was very happy that I did get to work with her. Hopefully I'll work with her again in the future um, just because I like, love her. She's a great person, uh, very down to earth, very sweet, uh, makes everything easy. Um, but no, I don't really have anybody that I'm dying to work with. I'm very honored with anybody that's willing to work with me. I'm very honored anybody that agrees to work with me. Um, obviously, was it like the, the big three, Riley Reed, Emily Willis, and Abella Danger, it would be cool to work with them, but I always make the comment of they're outside my pay grade. 
So I'm not, it's not, if it happens, that's amazing, but I'm not like, it's not my end-all, be-all kind of situation. I love how humble you're being because you are a big damn deal. I'm just saying. I mean, it's only been a year, <laughs> but, I mean, you've been doing great work, man. So um, I appreciate I, it. Thank you, thank you. Yes, you're welcome. So the next, I definitely say, I have, oh, wait, go ahead. I have, uh, well, I would have to say, like, the people I surround myself with have definitely kept me very humble, and I would, like, I, I sit here and think, like, we're just having sex for a camera. We're not saving the world. There's no point in being cocky. There's enough money in the world to go around. There's enough scenes in the world to go around. I don't like how people try to make it a competition. Um, like, we're not doing anything, like, direly important. So, like, why take it extremely serious? Like, it's a fun job. It's something that not everybody gets to do. Why not have fun with it? Why not be humble? Why not um, let everybody make their bag type deal? That's true. I completely agree with you. You know, I've been interviewing performers for ages now, and uh, what I always tell performers is, you know, there is an audience for everybody. Like, I know that a lot of performers are like, the, the industry is very, like, oversaturated right now because of OnlyFans yeah. and, and everybody sort of feeling like they can be a performer. But at the end of the day, you know, someone that is a hardcore fan of yours is not going to be a hardcore fan of, like, Performer X. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, there is there are enough people to, you know, enough porn viewers in this world so that yeah. you can find your audience and the people that will be die-hard supportive of you no matter what. And once you find them, I mean, you already have your fan base. Yeah, no, I'm, and I'm very, very blessed with those fans. I'm very thankful for them. Um, fun fact, they uh, I get a lot of DMs. I do read every single DM. I don't respond to them due to, if I respond to one DM, I feel like I have to respond to every single one. And like I said, it's very hard to respond to 100 plus DMs. But I do, I do look at them. I do um, appreciate them. I do love the words of encouragement. I love the words of support. So I'm very thankful for all of them. Very and nice. I make merch, but I don't know. <laughs> I oh, very nice. <laughs> yeah, that sounds dope. Something to look forward to, potentially. Now, yeah. the other thing that I want to ask you, since we're talking about performers and that sort of thing, especially because you are still very fresh in the industry, even though you've had quite the year, you are still very fresh in, in the game. Are there any individuals in the industry, whether they're in front of the camera or behind the camera, that you look up to? Are there any performers who sort of inspire you with what you're trying to do with your slice of the industry? Yeah, uh, I mean, this is a very similar question to what we uh, what we talked about in um, at Exotica. But um, no, like, I would love to be like I obviously look up at like. Um, was it Johnny Sins, J Mac? I look up to them. I've met, I've worked for J Mac, and he's been, he's a very humble, very great guy. So I kind of like want to, I, I, I like to say like I want to be like him, uh, because he is very humble. He is very like very down to earth. He's not afraid to be himself. So I, I love that about J Mac. Um, we yeah, had like guys like Oliver Flynn, who's come from a similar background as me, um, who's been able to prove that we can crossovers can blow up in this on the straight side and continue having great careers he's an amazing talent he's uh, I've never worked with them but I've talked to him several times he's a very very great guy um, so I love talking to him but no um, those are pretty much it like I don't like you said like we all have our individual lanes kind of like we're not really stepping on each other's toes so it's hard to like have like one individual person like I want to look up to you I want to be just like you um, except for like obviously like the, the guys that are like in like normal mainstream side as well, like normally outside of porn, like um, Johnny Sims. Everybody knows who Johnny Sims knows who Johnny Sims is, and it'd be cool to be like that. But I'm not like striving for it. Like, I, I do still like walking to the airport and not pe people not knowing who I am really. 
Well, those are certainly some great performers to be inspired by. And as I referenced to you when, when uh, we sort of like briefly chatted sort of similarly about this in, at Exotica Miami, you know, those are some legends in the game. So if you're going to yeah. be inspired by anybody, you know, might as well be inspired by the legends. Oh, exactly. I mean, like, that, like you know, like I said, like, there's guys I meet every single day. Like, I've worked with, like, Ryan King. He's a great guy to work with. Um, Grimy or um, Logan Xander. I don't remember what his actual stage name is. But he's a great guy. I love I love talking to him. He's, uh, he's an amazing person to work with and talk to. Um, was it, uh, Brian O'Malley over at Hussey. He's a great guy. I love talking to him. Play Fortnite with him. James Angel, G.I. Joey, um, Peter Fitzwell, uh, Peter Green. All those guys, like every guy I've kind of interacted with um, that have already been in the industry, been in for a while, to help me, like, that have helped me um, develop as a performer. I'm very thankful for all of them. Uh, I know I'm 100% missing names. I apologize for that. But, no, all those guys, I have a place in my heart because they've helped me through everything. I wouldn't be where I am at without them and without their advice, without their um, uh, words of encouragement. So I'm very thankful for all of them. Very nice. Since you mentioned Fortnite, what's your favorite skin? Uh, I honestly don't play Fortnite anymore. Uh, I but I would say I I still run around in a marshmallow one because I'm an EDM fan. I love going to raves. And when Marshmallow got his skin, I was like, I'm gonna buy it. Fuck it. There you go. All right. What I want to do now is sort of shift the tone of the interview just a little bit and talk about some of the more serious issues in the industry. And the first question I have for you in this set is: Are there any misconceptions? or myths about porn performers that you would like to dispel? Um, yes, that we're all horny fucks and we only have sex all the time. Um, no, we're normal people. We look at, like, yes, we have sex for a living, but it, at the end of the day, it is a job for us. We're not constantly, like, only wanting sex. We're not constantly, like, running around naked at fucking orgies and swinger parties and all that. No, like, are there some people that do that? Yes, but we're not all like that. Um, we're very much normal people. We have normal families. We have normal lives outside of our work. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're just like everybody else. We see porn as a normal job, and that's just how it is. Is there an aspect of the adult industry that you do not enjoy? I cannot say there is at this point in time. I granted it's still being very, very new. I have not had anything negative happen to me in that kind of aspect, so uh, not at this point in time. One thing that you referenced a couple of answers ago is something that I do like to ask performers, so I want to give you a chance to maybe sort of expand on it a little bit. In your opinion, especially as a performer that, like, really, I mean, dude, you're on fire, like, in the best way possible. The amount of work that you do, the amount of quality scenes that you're doing, the consistency in the performance, all of that, like, you get all the props from me, like, major, major props. But because of all of that, I'm wondering, you know, do you feel any competition from other performers? Like, is there competition amongst performers in the industry? Like, I'm not necessarily asking, are you specifically competing with other people? But do you ever, mm -hmm. like, maybe get the vibe, like, that some people are kind of like, you know, why the fuck is Parker getting all that work? Like, why am I not getting all, some of that work? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I would say yes. Um, there is competition in this industry, obviously, because there's only – there's a lot of scenes that are filmed each month, but there's only a certain amount of scenes available for each performer to do. Um, and the number of performers are keeps rising. Um, but like I mentioned though, like we're all individually different. Like, um, 
best thing that I can do, James Angel might not be cast for it, you know? And just but the same thing, like, let's see that James Angel is cast for I wouldn't be cast for it because it calls for a different kind of look or kind of different role. Um, so we're all, we all have our individual lanes. Um, yes, do some of the lanes cross over every now and then? It does, but I don't really think that there's a, there's a, I would say there's a small handful of people in this industry that see it as competitive as it is. Other than that, all of us, other, like, at least on the male talent side, every male talent I've worked with and interacted with, we're all very, like, welcoming, um, humble, kind of like, hey, you do you, you do you, I'll do me type of situation. Like, we don't ever, like, sit there and be like, oh, I, I, man, why is he that? Why can't I have that type deal? We've got to talk about some of the scene work that you've done. You've been starring in productions within that sort of stepbrother genre. As I referenced, I feel like you're the adult industry's favorite stepson right now with the amount of work mm-hmm. that you do, whether you're, you know, banging your stepmom or your stepsister and that sort of thing. And uh, I, I always like to ask performers about this just because, I mean, it is such a, it very, very much is a taboo sort of like niche that has taken over the industry like in my opinion Mm -hmm. this all started off with the milf genre initially it was the mother you'd like to fuck and then all of a sudden it went from like it being your friend's mom to the stepmom and then the stepmom led to the stepsister and the step cousins and all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and it really has spiraled into you know this uh incredibly popular you know, taboo genre in the industry, so much so that, like, all of the major production companies now pump out these scenes, whereas before, it used to be just certain websites that would pump these scenes out. Now, clearly, even though I sort of call it incest-adjacent, incest light, I mean, it isn't incest in the sense because none of you are related in the scene and that sort of thing, and it is all a fantasy. But as someone that has to do these scenes, I am curious to get your take on what is your opinion on starring in these types of productions, especially when you were doing them in the beginning? Was it a little bit weird? Was it awkward? Was it cringe? Or did you have fun sort of like getting into this innocent type of character that ends up you know, banging his uh, stepsister or stepmom? Yeah, for sure. At the beginning of it, it was definitely um, a little weird feeling. Um, When it comes to the stepmom ones, though, like I said, I'm from Texas, so I'm used to saying yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. So if you notice, I don't really ever say mom in it. I always say ma'am. Just so that that helps me be a little more comfortable with it. Um, But no, definitely at the beginning, it was a little more awkward. It felt kind of weird. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm banging my stepmom or my stepsister. And I, I honestly, like, I have a younger sister, so it's like, this is even more weird. I don't like this. Like, it's 90% of the time, like, the girl's literally 18, my, like, younger than my sister is. I'm like, I feel very weird with this. But then, like, as I've gotten done it more and more, I'm sitting there like, okay, it's just work. It's not reality. It's, this is, there's, like, I've definitely been able to separate work from reality more and more. Um, it's definitely 100% good things. Like, no one should be fucking actually sleeping with their actual stepsister or stepmother. Um, that's wrong on so many different, like, that's, it's different on so many different occasions. Um, but no, it, it, I've gotten a little more used to it. Like, I roll with it now. Cause like you said, like I, it's 90% of my scenes. If I had a problem with it, I wouldn't be working. So, um, but no, it, it, it is funny. I've become, was it the stepson 
like the newest stepson, newest like um, stepbrother type character is definitely a ride that I'm. It, it was definitely an interesting ride. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Good grief, man. All right. So something that I want to talk to you about is uh, about being in a relationship in the industry. Listen, I'm going to be full upfront with you and honest just because, I mean, this is the type of person that I am. Like, I don't really follow performers in the sense that, like, I don't know who's in a relationship with whom. Like, unless you are very much in our faces about like you being in a relationship. I usually don't know if someone's in a relationship, if they're married, if they're dating a fellow performer and that sort of thing, just because if I'm being fully candid, that's not kind of like the stuff that interests me. Like, I I feel like that sort of like leads into a little bit more of, uh, you know, the gossipy stuff in the industry. And that's never been something that I've personally been, been interested in. Um, so I'm going to be fully honest with you. Like, I had no idea you were in a relationship with a fellow performer that both of you, you know, started in the industry at the same time and all this kind of stuff. Like, I had no clue. So I do want to ask you, though, being in the industry now for a year, is it difficult to balance, you know, the personal romantic side of Parker Ambrose versus, you know, the performer, you know, the porn star side of Parker Ambrose? Um, I would say yes and no. So, um, yes, in the sense of, um, obviously I travel a lot, so I'm really home. Um, my wife, she travels a lot. Um, so she's really home. So like when we are together, like right now, like we have this whole entire weekend together. Like it, it, it's awkward because like we rarely see each other at this point in time. Um, granted it is very nice to see each other. We love like obviously hanging out with each other. We love being around each other. Um, but it's not, but it's, where am I going with this? My brain's processing still. Too much pre-workout. Um, no, it, it, it's, there's it, it a, it a weird separation between work and reality. Um, people would sit there and be like, oh, how can you sit there and let your wife, like, have sex with other guys? Well, I'm like, well, because it's for work. Like, oh, you're just a cuck. I'm like, no, I'm not a cuck because I don't sit there and watch her perform every single time, like, other scenes I'll go back and watch because she was hyped about them. I was like, I want to see what, how like, good the scene turned out. Yes, because I love to support her. Um, but it's not something like, like, I don't sit there and see, like, her going and having sexual work as, like, me being cucked on her. I'm like, like, she's just working. And it's the same thing with me. Like, I, she doesn't see, sit there and get jealous of me going out to work um, and having sex with other girls for scenes because, again, at the end of the day, it's, it's just work. It's not anything personal other than that. So, um... But then we, when we do come back like home together and all that, like you can tell, you can definitely see there's a difference between um, like there's more intimacy between us than there like would be like if I'm on, on set with another co-talent. I've got to ask, and hopefully this isn't prying, but I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. What was your your meet cute with your wife? How did you two meet? Was it was it love at first sight? Was it was it not? Was it was it lust at first uh, sight? So this is the funny thing that we will both honestly tell you. Um, we met on Tinder. Uh, I'm originally from Texas. She's originally from Washington State. So we had no reason of matching with each other. But I highly believe that your phone listens to you and listens to the conversation that you have outside of, like, certain things. Because like, I was talking about, like, going to Washington for a gaming event and all that. And all of a sudden I started matching with girls from Washington on Tinder. And she just happened to be one of them. And I was like, again, I was in my fuckboy era still. Um, and so I was like, man, like, this girl's 
like you're so hot as hell, and I want to like hook up with her type deal. And so when I went up to Washington, like she came over to like my Airbnb, like we we both we'll both admit we were just supposed to be one night stand. Like we were not supposed to like create a relationship. We were just supposed to be one night stand. She just got out of a relationship. She didn't care for another one, but she's like, fuck it, I want to have fun, I want to have sex, fuck it, you know. Um, but my was I was sharing an Airbnb with one of my friends, and so when she came over, my friend was sitting in the living room, and I was like, uh, this is my girlfriend. Like, just so it wouldn't be awkward, like, hey, this is my random Tinder hookup. And so since <laughs> then, like, she's like, oh, I'm your girlfriend. I was like, yes. And so then we started talking. We were long distance for a couple of years. Uh, I joined the military, then we got married once I was in the military. That, yeah, no, we started out supposed to be one night stands. That is so fucking hilarious in the best way possible because it ended up, you know, clearly with um, no pun intended, but a happy ending. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's yeah, I mean, adorable. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. Yeah, we both laugh at it. Yeah, oh, good grief! That's so funny that both of you thought it was going to be a one night stand, and then it ended up being something much bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. And to sort of close this section out, uh, I do want to ask you about testing in the industry. This is a question that I used to ask performers a lot. And then I sort of stopped asking about it just because I felt like I, I, like I had asked it so much. But because of what's been going on recently in the industry with testing and, you know, um, just the, the online discourse on social media between performers about you know, should this test be included? Should that test be included? And, you know, the things that have been going on, especially with, uh, you know, these, um, I don't know what you want to call them, these mini moratoriums because of outbreaks and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm starting to ask this once again. Um, you know, I used to ask this because I felt like the casual uh, porn viewer didn't really realize that the testing in the industry was really so stringent and that performers mm-hmm. are being tested often, uh, you know, typically I think the average now is like a 14 day test, but there are some performers that are a little bit more proactive with that and have even more recent mm-hmm. tests than that. So I just want to get your take on it. Testing in the industry, especially with everything that's been going on and, and, you know, people um, basically, you know, talking about what tests should be done, what tests should be added on. I just want to get your take on testing in the business and how safe you feel nowadays. Yeah, so unfortunately testing to me is like a very controversial subject. I'll, I'll answer the question because, like, I, I'm fine with it. But it's a very controversial subject. Um, back in the original days of the industry, tests were every 30 days. Um, and then we switched to every 14 days. Um, even just recently, I think it was like last, like towards when I first started in the industry when we switched every 14 days. And then we switched for a brief period of time to every seven days that we had to be tested. That's when we included, we started adding the swabs. Um, swabbing to me is, I mean, it's a good thing, but yes, we want to be covered in every single basis. Me as a male talent, I don't know why I need an anal swab every single time because I don't have anything ever put in my butt or rimmed every single scene. But I understand why we're doing it. So I, I obviously I, I do it and just stay out, cover my base and some of that. It's also good just to know in case anything pops up, you know. Um, my only issue with the testing is it's very inconsistent. You can go to one testing facility and get pop positive for something and then turn around and go to another testing facility and pop negative for, and test negative for that exact same thing. There's not one 
massive kind of like um, way of testing. Like they, yes, they all test like similar ways, but each location can give you a different result, which to me is not very safe. Like if I can go to like to one site and be like, oh, I have gonorrhea, and then go to the next site and like be like, oh no, I don't have gonorrhea, and I use that test, then one, I'm kind of a douchebag because I didn't actually like fully clear myself. But two, like there's that inconsistency that's not good. Um, and then this whole adding MGen, we all had to get tested for MGen at the first of the month. But why aren't we getting tested for it ever, like ever again? Like why is it not becoming an industry like standard? Like the fact that we don't have full medical professionals, like legitimate doctors, and like yeah, we have a, cu a couple like actual doctors on the board and all that have like passed. But it's not like I can't go to my normal civilian doctor and be like, hey, I want to get STD tested and then use those results. I have to go one of the, to one of the industry approved. Uh, sites due to HIPAA laws and all that kind of stuff. But it, it is very frustrating sometimes when there's tons of inconsistencies with it, when there's tons of um, should we do this, should we not do this? Like we need to like have an actual like understanding of what we're being tested for, when we're being tested, um, how often to be tested, and stuff like that, and have like a normal like industry wide like guarantee. Like these are all the things we need to be tested for. These are what you don't need to be tested for. This is when you need to be tested that's it like no like gray areas whatsoever and right now there's a lot of all the gray areas and the other thing is all these testing sites keep raising their prices um and us talent we don't get a raise in our what our, our rates are so for me to be tested every 14 days i have to have at least three or four scenes in that kind of period to break even and then kind of go um and gain a profit afterwards because uh testing takes out so much like a good like if I were to shoot once off, like if I were to get tested and only shoot once on that test, I wasted about 60% of my money on just the testing itself because of the testing is raising the prices and we're not getting a raise in what our rates are. Um, so it is kind of like an iffy subject, especially when you start going from like, okay, they're testing me this exact price, but now you have to be tested every seven days. Okay, now we're going to go over 14 days. Now the back is every seven days. It's like, okay, you're like messing my money at that point. Like it's kind of hard to like, keep up and make sure I'm going to be financially set because at the end of the day, like, as, long as, as long as I'm able to afford my apartment and afford being able to survive every single day, I don't care how often you need to get tested or what the price of those tests are. But if I'm starting to struggle with those kind of like normal everyday living kind of situations, then it's like, all right, I've got to like figure this stuff out better. But it, it is kind of a touchy subject. It is. It, it is. And yeah. over the past couple of years, it, for whatever reason, you know, testing has become an incredibly touchy subject in the industry from, you know, the, the addition of the COVID test to now the new swabs mm. that are being done. Um, but I appreciate your honesty and your candor. Um, if I can yeah, ask like, like, you this, uh, wait, go ahead. You're about to say something. Yeah. Like I have no, like, like I said, like I have no problem with the testing. Like I'm very, like, obviously, like, yes, we need testing. We are having, a, we're having sex for work. We, we need to be safe about it, you know? I have no problem with uh, each individual um, talent having their own kind of requirements for it. Like I know some talents require the seven-day test. Some some talents now require you actually have a up-to-date MGen test. I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. But you can't sit there and have like these specific requirements for yourself, and then be upset when another talent doesn't have those kind of uh, same requirements because they're going just by what the industry is telling you to do. Uh, that's where it gets even more touchy and very more. Um, controversial because like 
it's like we all like we have like the individual like the an industry-wide umbrella of what's required of us which i 100 percent agree with i 100 percent support and then you have individuals that have their own different requirements would make it mad at other talents for not agreeing with them on their requirements like no like we we should all be on the same page you know we, we shouldn't have to be doing jumping through all these different hoops to do certain things we should all be on the same page but because that that page is so gray and blurry that we have to make our own rules at certain points. It's kind of, it's really difficult. No, it's true. I, I hear exactly what you're saying, my friend. Yeah. Now, the one thing that I do want to ask, just because I, f- I feel like the listeners really don't know this, and I don't know if you are comfortable sharing this, um, but I do want to ask, how much is it to get all the testing that you need to be done, done? Because I, I feel like... Mm-hmm for just the average porn viewer. I mean, they might know that there's testing, but they don't necessarily fully comprehend how much of an out-of-pocket expense it is for the performer, especially for a performer much like yourself that is getting a lot of work in the industry. Like, I'm going to assume that adds up every month. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, the testing prices aren't a secret. Like, you, like as any individual person can go to Talent Testing or Clear's website and actually get tested like one of a like a porn star would be tested like the exact same ways um it's not something that we hide it's not something that like you like it's only industry people can access it like anybody can go to the talent testing website sign up and get tested um which is great like they're not just for talent themselves um but i would say roughly the average is around 200 dollars every 14 days you have to spend and then say that the 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 that like Granted, it's 100% understandable, but, like, say you spend $200 on a test, you pop positive or something, there goes all your work for the next month, and you have to then have to pay another $200 in 14 days to be able to get retested and see if it's clear to be able to work again. Sometimes that takes a banger on your budget. Sometimes it doesn't. It all depends on how much, like, each individual is able to get ego to saving um, and all that. So, like, it, it is it does vary, but, yeah, I would say roughly around $200, but... Uh, it varies between locations, and it varies between um, whether you go to actually one the actual facilities or you go to like a off facility, and they have to ship it to um, clear and or t- talent testing. I appreciate the information. Uh, I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we're going to do now is shift away from the serious stuff and focus back mm-hmm. on you. And usually at this point in the interview, I'm always asking a performer about their original content, but we sort of already discussed this early in the interview. You. You don't really shoot as much, but um, but there is a little bit of hope for the listeners in the future, correct? Yes. Uh, eventually, I will actually start taking content more serious. It's something I always say I'm going to do, uh, and then I'll be good at it for like three weeks and then kind of fall off again. Um, but I do have a, I do kind of have a back catalog of collaborations I've done. I, have, I think I have like three videos I've never released that are collaborations. Uh, that I do plan on releasing. Um, I actually think I'm going to release one of them on my anniversary, or I guess I re-release it because I definitely release it once. Uh, but it'll be my tryout scene that I did. I'm going to re-release that on my uh, anniversary on my OnlyFans. Um, it'll probably be for a cheaper price than it was originally, just because it's more like kind of like an homage of like, hey, like this is where we started, like well, like how far we've come type deal. I don't know. Maybe I'll post it for free. I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, no promises. But um, I do plan on taking. I do want to take content more serious. But when I do have the mentality of like, I want to make my professional scenes more. Uh, when I take my professional scenes more seriously, and I find them more important, 
it is kind of hard to like change my mentality. I feel you on that, but there is hope on the horizon for your fans hope, and yeah. supporters. Yes. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Parker Ambrose. Uh, I don't know. I mean, um, I did I did that uh, Parker lure type uh, tweet. Some people were surprised about some of the things I said. Um, it was like my ADHD. I have a new like a new uh, hobby every six months that I like dive deep into. Uh, originally, when I first moved, it was motorcycles. I love motorcycles, which I still do. Um, but riding motorcycles everywhere is like I, that was my biggest like obsession. I have my for you page on Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff, which is nothing but motorcycle stuff. Now it's soccer. Um, I'm obsessed with soccer. Actually, tonight I'm gonna go play indoor soccer again. Just keep keep being in shape for that. Um, but yeah, I, I get a new kind of like hobby every six months, um, along with all my other hobbies, such as like video games and stuff like that. Like. I'm still very much a massive nerd. I love uh, Marvel. I love Marvel. I love DC. Uh, can't tell you I'd choose one over the other because they're two very polarizing, different audiences. But uh, no, I, I love video games. Eventually, I will actually start Twitch streaming again because um, I enjoy that. But no, I'm just a massive nerd. Describe yourself in ten words or less. Mm-hmm doesn't have a clue what's going on half the time. That was a sentence. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Just goes with the flow. <laughs> Just like, yeah, it happens. Very nice. As we, start, as we start wrapping things up, I have this list of pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Hmm, good question. Um, okay, so I have uh, Criminal Minds, for sure. Uh, Bones, was another great show. I used to love watching with my mom. Um, obviously, The Curse Adventures of Sabrina, because that's where I get my namesake from. Ghost Adventures, I'm obsessed with Ghost Adventures, so I'll watch everything Ghost Adventures. Uh, and then... I think that's really about it. I don't really watch much TV. I'm more of a YouTube type person. I watch a lot more YouTube. And for that, it'd be like, I'm obsessed with like the Sidemen. I love watching their videos. I think KSI, um, Rhoda Shaw, New Minter, all them. I think they're hilarious. And if you like British comedy, definitely watching uh, the Sidemen is a very fun thing to deep dive in. They have a lot of different like gaming content, a lot of different like uh, stuff. They actually do a charitable uh, soccer or football match every single year. Uh, to help raise money for charity. I tweeted about it. He's saying, like, it was a great success. They raised over um, $2 million. $2 million? $2 million. Uh, they raised a lot of money for charity um, this last year. And it was a very good, it was a great uh, match to watch. And I hope one day I'll be to be a part of it. But I don't know. Let's see. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Ooh. Um, Brendan Neary from Panic! the Disco. Love him. He has an amazing voice. Uh, Michael Jackson, the King of Pop. Honestly, granted, don't like everything he's allegedly accused of doing, but he was a great performer. He was a great artist, for sure. Um, and then, kind of mixing up a little bit, I love Sudden Death. He's a great EDM artist. Um, Excision, another great EDM artist as well. So there's two normal singers and two EDM artists for you. What are three of your most favorite films? Um, Harry Potter series. I'm obsessed with the Harry Potter series. I'm a Hufflepuff. 
uh, Interstellar, amazingly shot and beautiful movie. And then, uh, what's the third one going to be? That's the Conjuring series. I'm, I'm giving you series, like Harry Potter and Conjuring, but I love those kind of, like, I can't pick just one of those kind of groups, you know? What are two foods you can't live without? Um, queso enchiladas. Which is just cheese enchiladas. <laughs> um, but then, and uh, ramen. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Mm-hmm. One of my guilty pleasures? Ah, oh, that's a hard one. I don't really see, I don't really see any of the things I do as, like, guilty pleasures, but, um... I guess just being able to stay home and not do anything. Like if I'm able to just, like, just chill and lay in bed all day, I'd love to do that. I'm very lazy. It's very sad. What are you currently binging? Are you currently binge-watching anything on any of the streaming platforms? Not currently, no. Um, the last thing I binged-watched was Game of Thrones, because I watched all of House of Dragon. I was like, okay, I actually probably watched Game of Thrones, so I binge-watched all of that. Uh, otherwise, what's usually on repeat, even if it's just in the background, is Ghost Adventures, especially because we're in spooky season. What's next for Parker Ambrose? What's coming up? What's coming out in the near future? What should the listeners uh, be anticipating from you? Um, there is there's one company I'm working, I've been working for recently that I wish I could talk about. Unfortunately, I can't because of um, certain criteria. But I have a lot of I have a pretty big scene coming out, which I'm very excited and I'm very blessed to be working with this company. Obviously, when it's announced or they come out, it's very obvious what what this is referring to. Um, but I'm not able to unfortunately get more details on it. Other than that, uh, hopefully, there's a lot more um, top quality scenes. I hope to um, continue growing as a performer and continue to um, become more. With not more well-known or more professional, but like a better performer. I hope I'm a better performer um, and get better performances in general. I like that. And I'm hella intrigued by <laughs> what you referenced before, what you just said at the end. Um, that sounds yeah. interesting. Uh, that sounds yeah. exciting. Yeah, no, it's definitely, um, I'm so, I wish I could tell say more, but it's definitely a company I wish I was, uh, I was very excited to work with. They're very good but i can't give more information unfortunately i'm i might even be saying too much to say like referring to referring to it but hopefully they don't get mad at me <laughs> yes well you haven't said anything so it's it's incredibly yeah. vague y'all, which y'all, which y'all can make your guesses yeah exactly it makes it very interesting um is there at all do you know a timetable when something will be released first there's not unfortunately i okay. um I don't have really a say when everything will be released. I don't have a say on who I get to work with, but like most people would assume. Uh, this isn't going towards you. This is going towards like audience, really. Um, but, yeah, no, unfortunately, I have no idea when it will be released. It might be next month. It might be next year. not quite sure. Okay. Depends, right. how, depends on how deep their catalog is. Yes, yes, yes. No, that does make sense, yeah. All right. Certainly something to look forward to, something impressive from Parker Ambrose very soon. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, all of the important links so that the listeners can get directly to you? Yes, uh, all my socials are at X Parker Ambrose. Uh, Parker normally, Ambrose, A-M-B-R-O-S-E. Um, I, I only have all, all my socials are the exact same, my Instagram, my Twitter, and um, my Snapchat. 
if you're getting comments or anything like that. I don't have a Facebook. I don't have, uh, I'm not Parker Ambrose underscore and like that. If you're getting DMs from anybody that's not at X Parker Ambrose, which I'm sorry, I probably won't be DMing you because I have a lot of DMs. Um, it's not me. Don't send them money. Don't do it. There's scammers out there trying to beat me. Well, Parker, this does bring us to the <laughs> end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in outside of uh, the warning about the scammers? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just thank you, everybody, so much. I'm very blessed and honored to be in the position I am. I never thought in a million years I would be where I am. I never thought I'd get the recognition or blow up as fast as I did. So thank you, everybody, so much. Uh, I hope I continue to give out great professional teams and hopefully eventually I'll get my head out my ass and start actually making content for y'all. Um, but thank you. I'm so very blessed. Um, I hope no one sits here and thinks I'm like any kind of cockiness or any of that. I'm very, very honored to be where I'm at. I'm very blessed. I'm very thankful for where I'm at. Also, if you ever see me in public, you can come say hi. I'm not going to make it awkward or anything like that. It's more awkward people just staring at me than it is like coming up and saying hi. So please, if you see me in public, you're more than welcome to come say hi. More than welcome to take a photo. I don't care. It's not going to be one of those things where I'm like, ah, I know where you know where you're from. It's be like, cool, thank you for supporting me, you know? Very nice. Well, Parker, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. I just want to say thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It's been a great interview. Um, I'm very honored to be interviewed. Very honored to be wanting to, like, that you wanted to interview me. So thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you were a lot of fun to interview at Exotica Miami, and this was a really great interview. I'm so glad that, uh, honestly, by chance of fate, it was almost kismet that we were mm -hmm. able to record this so close to your anniversary, as you called it. So uh, that's freaking awesome. And the door is open for more. I mean, you are so fresh and new in the industry. I know that you are going to do even bigger and brighter and better things as the years progress. It would be great to sort of follow along with your career with some interviews. So whenever you want to come back, you have an open invitation. It would be awesome to have you back so that uh, you can catch up with me and as well as with the listeners and your fans on what you've been up to. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, I will be at AVN this next year. So if you have me go my AVN, I will love to do an in-person interview with you again. Fantastic. We'll catch up, like, see where we're at uh, in a couple months. Fantastic. I love the sound of that. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Papi Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Papi Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychularadio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash poppychularadio. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter.com slash Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you. Poppy Chulo.
Thanks, announcer. And with that, Parker Ambrose and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night, y'all. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.